collaboration. And I think that's where we should go with the human race, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> and maybe I sound a little bit like woo-woo, but no. I I I think that that's I think that's a, that's where we find peace. That's where we find joy. Welcome to the Innovative Founder, the show where entrepreneurs get real. real. These are the raw, the gut-wrenching, often hilarious, sometimes shocking, and definitely entertaining stories of innovative business founders who are making their beautiful dent in the world. No BS, no posturing, and no narcissists allowed. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the unscripted adventures on today's episode. Now, here's your hairless hosts, Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd. Hey, everybody. Brandon here, innovative founder, Bob, calling in. Good, What's going on? Good day. Well, I'm not calling in. I'm on Zoom with you. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's God. It's almost like myself there. Bob's calling in from the internets, the interwebs on the Zooms. <laughs> and other things, other devices. I, I think this is just a matter of we're we're on a, a marathon recording session because yes. you've got we've got a couple weeks of travel, so we're recording yeah. shows three, four a week to make sure that we don't run out of content. Right. And uh, you know, you're heading up to Chicago next week. We got I some am. video story days. Uh, we got a couple pretty amazing. We have our regular client, our 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 listeners know about Perry, Perry Marshall. Um, we have a standing appointment with Perry every couple months. Yes, where where you come into Chicago, we spend four or five hours uh, putting him in front of camera, and we work on different promotions, sales videos, social media content. It's a really fun time, and we have a new new client that we're we're doing some of that with. So we're we're keeping you busy, Brandon. We're we're sandwiching yes. two of those days in a row. We're looking forward to a pretty exciting week for us next week. Should be fun. Should be super fun. Uh, we're working with someone who is an expert in human design. It's it's an interesting, gosh, I don't even know how to describe it other than it's it's a combination of different world astrology type of practices that kind of came together and is now gaining a lot of popular momentum on you learning about how you operate in the world based on astrology. So that's going to be quite an interesting interview. We're going to spend some time together. And I uh, get to draw out the story behind that. So yeah, she's she's one of the when we're going to have her on the show eventually. She's very busy, but one of the foremost leaders in the space. Huge following, and uh, we're going to help her tell her story a little bit better. So we're really really looking forward to that. And today we have a really cool show. So Brandon and I weren't really sure. Um, yeah. Well, how is this going to be like a, a great interview? And it turned out to be it just blew us away because we weren't sure how we were going to talk an hour about supply chain. <laughs> and then we met Sarah. <laughs> and Sarah is an evangelist for supply chain. And and as you'll hear my my raging ignorance in this on this uh, show that, you know, supply chain to me is just stuff goes in a box, goes on a boat, goes across the ocean, gets to the, my store. You know, I didn't re realize just how much interest and how much conversation there is around. And would there actually be a podcast around and, and converse, so much conversation around supply chain? And, and Sarah yeah. has done a phenomenal job at bringing together people in this in this space and getting them talking. Yeah. And she's doing amazing things with diversity and inclusion in that marketplace. She started a secondary podcast meant at giving voices to people. She started a non-for-profit 
to provide uh, scholarships to people to speak at conferences and get new and exciting voices on stage. So really, really great story. Somebody who grew up in a family business, uh, that business shut down and she kind of had to figure out what she needed to do or, and uh, she made it happen. So I think you're going to be really encouraged and really inspired by uh, Sarah's story. So uh, we can't wait for you to to hear our new friend. Uh, it's Sarah Barnes Humphrey. Enjoy the enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Innovative Founder. We are Hello. so excited to have you. Bob's here. Sarah is here. We're so excited. We've got Sarah Barnes Humphrey here to, with us, and she is a supply chain expert. I don't even know how, what your title is in surprise, supply chain, Sarah, but we're just going to go with it. Sarah is a, she's a, she, she plays catch on a baseball team, which I don't know anything about baseball. So Bob's going to talk about that. Love your dogs. Cause who, who wouldn't? So we're just going to kind of dive in. So Sarah, welcome. We're excited to have you. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be here and I love what you guys do. I like the shirt, the ship happened shirt. I like, I like that. that. I mean, that's that's good that's on good. brand stuff there. That's I love that. Like that. Thank you. We we, we sell it on our website, let's talk supplychain.com. There you go. <laughs> ching ching. For, right. Yeah. <laughs> get, get your shirts. Love it. So love it. we'd Merch. love to hear, Sarah. What what are you excited about right now? What's going on? And and you said you got some travel going on. What what's exciting you right now? Wow, there is so much. I mean, supply chain in general is just really exciting at the moment. I mean, I don't think we've heard the the word supply chain more than right. we have in the last yeah. couple of yeah, yeah. years. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that in itself is really exciting. For me personally, I've got a lot going on with the business and where we're taking Let's Talk Supply Chain, the brand. We're looking at our second franchise this year. And I think I'm the first podcaster to ever franchise. So that's really exciting. And yeah, I'm going to be conducting all sorts of amazing conversations in places like Philadelphia and Washington and California. Where else am I going? Chicago, Las Vegas, Atlanta. And that's yeah. all before December. <laughs> wow. So, all right, we have to ask. So we're just kind of starting our podcast journey. Franchising a podcast. What's that all about? Well, it's really fun. Okay. <laughs> so I've built a model around my podcast, revenue positive model. I've got a team of about 14 people that work for me. And so we've taken the model that I've created around the Let's Talk Supply Chain podcast, and we're duplicating it in different regions. So supply chain is different in a, in a variety of different ways in different regions. And so our first franchise was launched last year and it was in the Asia Pacific region by a gentleman called Jonathan Kempe out of Sydney, Australia. And so they talk about businesses in that region and what they're doing to help supply chain professionals. And they talk about what's happening with supply chain in that region as well. And so this year we're focusing on Africa, but we have our sites on Europe and South America. And so we just duplicate what we do here in North America and there you go. We got a franchise. Smart. Wow. That's very smart. Wow. So are these individuals you're like handpicking? Are they already experts at supply chains? Like how, how are you going about doing that? Yeah, just by having conversations, just sort of figuring out what their goals are. A lot of them actually own companies. 
And having a media side of your business is really, really, really smart for somebody who already Mm -hmm. has a business. (laughs) And so a lot of them already have businesses. And so it really makes sense for them to turn a media business into the marketing side. Hmm. Really, really cool. So like, you're right, supply chain. I don't I don't think most individuals have heard that term said so many times in media than their entire life. So. So let's in case we haven't heard, like what's so big about supply chain right now and what are some things that maybe you're doing to help the industry as a whole? I mean, number one is the disruptions. I mean, right Mm. now it's kid medicine, kids medicines, right? That are super low on inventory. So right now we've got a crazy situation because we've got large retailers that overbought in certain areas. And now they're having major sales within their stores. And then you've got really weird shortages. And we've had really weird shortages throughout the pandemic. Yeah. And like kids medicine, I think right now we have canola oil shortages, mustard seed shortages. I reported, I think about six or eight months ago on a cream cheese shortage. And that affected 270 million people just in North America. Like that's how many people consume cream cheese, which I... I was so surprised at. And then the one that was really fascinating at the very beginning of the pandemic were ketchup packets. Madness. Well, we thought you were going to say toilet paper, but you threw me with the ketchup packets. I mean, everybody knows about the toilet paper. I think we've all been hammered on the head with the toilet paper. But the one that fascinated me was the ketchup packets. I'm stockpiled. Well, well, sir, it's a new phenomenon for at least most Americans, right? People, people in thir- third world countries or first world countries, rather, you go to the store and everything you expect is there. Now you go there on a Wednesday and you see there's all kinds of beef and then the whole chicken section is gone. Right. Yeah. Or you go to the Walgreens to pick up Advil and yeah. there is no Advil and no Tylenol, but there's mm-hmm. like, yeah. I, and, and, and this is, is this something that was like what what triggers this or what has caused this phenomenon to happen that we really haven't seen in our lifetime it started in a whole variety of ways i mean when the pandemic started everything was shut down so all your manufacturing that was done overseas all the factories were shut Mm. for long periods of time and to be honest with you we haven't really been able to catch up from that first run of closures. And we've had many since then, right? You've also had the ever given. Everybody knows about the ever given getting stuck. I mean, that was $400 million worth of goods every day that that was stuck. We had a whole bunch of containers going overboard during the first 18 months of the pandemic, more than I think we've ever seen. And then there was the big freeze in Texas. And that actually shut down a resin factory that made, I believe the resin went to make seats for cars and things like that. And then, of course, the microchip shortage, because the factories have shut down, has created all sorts of chaos. Plus, it's created all an influx of investment as well, right? So microchip factories are actually going to be popping up all over the place, U.S., Europe, Ooh, wow. because they realize how much of an issue the microchip shortage is, the more dependent we are on electronics. And so, you know, the Biden administration, all sorts of governments are getting involved to provide investment so that we make sure that we don't have that particular shortage again. But it was a variety of different things. And as you saw on the news just a couple of days,
days ago. I mean, they were trying to lock people up in Ikea because of a COVID outbreak in, I think it was Shanghai. And so they're still going through rolling shutdowns. And we also had, I know I'm going to go into like way too many details here. TMI. No, this is fascinating. This is good. (laughs) And then we also had 1800 people. I think I can't remember exactly when it was, but 1800 people were off with COVID or something to do with COVID at the port of LA and Long Beach. And that completely rocked that port. And so we saw delays into that port of like four months at one point. Right. There was like 80 to 90 vessels in that port, in the water outside of that port waiting to dock. And so all of these things have been happening. But what we haven't seen is a relief. Like we Mm -hmm. haven't had a moment to just breathe and take what we've learned from the pandemic, what's happening right now, readjust supply chains and figure out what we're going to do for the future, because it's really just been about putting out fires, putting out fires, putting out fires, putting out fires. And everybody's exhausted. Sarah, was it was this the was this a system that was like teetering on disaster and needed something like this to expose that? Or is this I mean, just that's unprecedented? A big, that's a big question. I think there was a couple like it it worked really well pre-pandemic, yeah, right? Like there were some issues, but there yeah. was nothing like this. I, it's a good question. It could have been in a in some ways. But this has really just exposed a whole bunch of gaps, especially Mm. with technology, data sharing, predictability, reactivity to what's been happening. And honestly, the other thing that happened was that ocean freight rates skyrocketed. Like a 40 foot container oh. from Shanghai to L.A., I think the transit time was, I can't remember, 12 days. It went to 30 to 40 days and it cost originally cost, I think, like three grand, four grand. It cost 20 to 30 thousand dollars. Wow. And so those rates aren't going to. So there's wow. so much that is sort of like, what is this new normal? Where are we going to settle type mentality? Because there's just so much that is affecting the industry. So, yes. So to answer your question, I yeah. think, yes, there was probably a little bit happening where, you know, if something like this happened, it was going to rock our world. And then there was some of it that was just not something that we saw coming. Well, it's just fascinating how interconnected we are Mm -hmm. and how delicate our systems are that, you know, a resin factory, (laughs) you know, just really simple things that we have never heard of, take for granted, can really affect literally almost everybody in an entire country, an entire continent. It's it's fascinating. And it seems you're positioned perfectly to be in a position to to help people through some of these things. So yeah. so talk a little now in terms of supply chain, like what are are you kind of what, what's your mission in this in this whole in this whole market? Like what what do you see your role being? So I've been in logistics and supply chain for over 20 years. So I actually worked at a logistics company moving goods from like A to B by air freight and ocean freight. I was in operations for eight years, sales for eight years. And then in 2016, I started this podcast because I was like, well, if Lewis Howes could do it, why can't Sarah Barnes Humphrey have her own podcast? <laughs> right? Just saying. That's what I would say. Yeah. And like marketing and supply chain at that time was awful like absolutely awful and i was like okay. well we need we need to be able to tell a brand story and so i asked a guy from my customs department and tongue in cheek we called the podcast two babes talk supply chain <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'm telling you my story because it will lead up into what I'm doing now and why I'm doing it. So I'm, I'm going to go through it all just to let you know sort of how the evolution has, has been. So unfortunately, we closed our, our doors or the company closed its doors in 2017. I was out on my butt. I didn't have a co-host. I didn't have a team. I had nobody. So I had to learn graphic design, social media design, website design. And I am not talented in that area. <laughs> but I tried, like absolutely tried my best and, you know, whatever. But I had okay. companies paying to come on the show at that point. And so I had to keep it going. I really had no choice. So I was out on my butt. No, I didn't have a job. <laughs> you know, all of that happened. And then I started the Woman in Supply Chain series in January 2018. And the reason why I did that was just because I wanted to hear more stories coming out of women in our industry. I wanted to learn about their journey and what that looked like. But by April 2018, none of them wanted to come on a show called Two Babe Stock Supply Chain. <laughs> <laughs> so I rebranded it to Let's Talk Supply Chain. The rest is kind of history. But the vision that I had for it was to build a platform where a variety of different voices could be heard from the industry. So the only reason why I used myself at the beginning was because I was the only person that would work for free. Yay. I mean, <laughs> you know, and so that's what I built or that's what, you know, we've built really over the last four years is we've built up our social media following, which I think we're up over a hundred thousand, mostly on LinkedIn, which has been amazing. Like our community has really been amazing, but we've gotten to the point where a, we franchise. So we're now bringing in other voices. We also do live shows where brands are hosting their own live shows across my network and talking about their particular portion of supply chain. So we really want to be that community platform where everybody gets a voice, right? It's not just yeah. the experts. It's not just the C-suite. And that's really what we have built and what we continue to build. Now, one of the other things for me is diversity and inclusion in the industry. So I started my Woman in Supply Chain series, but I realized very quickly that it's not just about gender. And so I then started a second podcast called The Blended Podcast, and I bring five different people from different walks of life together to talk about diversity and inclusion topics. And we do that episode once a month. It's a pretty long episode because and everybody's sharing very authentically their perspectives. It's not hmm. about being an expert. It's about coming on and just sharing your stories. Like, what have you been through? What does this look hmm. like? What can people learn from it? Yeah. And then from there, started this nonprofit called the Blended Pledge, and we're now giving away grants to diverse voices to cover travel expenses so they can say yes to speaking engagements, so we can see more diversity on industry stages. So there's a there, I know that was very long winded answer to your question, but I there's a variety of different things and different ways I want to make an impact. OK, so sorry, you got to help me out. OK, because <laughs> supply chain to Okay, supply chain, isn't it? Come on. Isn't you're just putting stuff in a box and the box goes on the boat and the boat floats over the water and then it goes on. I know this you're gonna you're gonna oh butcher me right now. You're gonna eat me alive for no. this. But it's like I'm I'm fascinated by the by how you're you talk about like there's just so much interest and you can actually build all this dialogue around like like who shows up and who's talking and give us a little taste of your world people I, I, like well, like i know i'm completely ignorant of this but just but come on bear with me but because because all you know this is my brain oh you put a box in a boat bring the boat over trucks go to walmart <laughs> i get peanut butter you know that's that's all i got sarah it's all it's all it's going on in the hamster up here so so who 
tell me about like who joins the conversation and and tell me a little bit about that. Like like who shows up and and what's the conversation like? So there's millions of people in supply chain. And then the other part of that is that there's millions of consumers that are purchasing product that are getting into supply chain because they want to know where their goods are and they don't ah, know why it's delayed. Makes sense. Uh-huh. Amazon. And, right? okay, I get you. All right. So supply chain is anything from sourcing. So you can source raw material, you can source a finished product, you can source whatever you need to source. So that's the beginning part of supply chain. Then you get into procurement or purchasing or buying right? You got to buy that product. And there's a whole team sometimes behind that that are negotiating. What they're negotiating is not only the price of the product, but they're also negotiating where payment is exchanged and risk is exchanged. Mm. So when the product leaves the factory and it's, it's from the factory to the boat, there's some element of risk and payment involved. Yeah. Yeah. And so who, where does that transfer from, from the the manufacturer to the buyer? Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So, okay. so that's what happens. And then you get into the manufacturing. So manufacturing is the next step of that because it's got to be manufactured. Then you move the product. So once you've got the product finished, or maybe it's a raw material, or maybe there was something that needed to be done to a particular product to take it somewhere else to make another product, just saying, <laughs> it can get very complicated very quickly. Yeah. Then it moves. Right. So if it's overseas, I talk a lot about overseas because my background is in overseas transportation, but the same thing can happen domestically with trucking. Mm. So then the product moves either by air, by ocean, by rail, by truck. There's a whole bunch of ways that it can move. Once it gets here, it gets taken off of that truck, airplane, vessel, what have you. There's other modes, right? If it gets off at the port of Vancouver, it's then moved by rail to Toronto if that's the final destination, right? So there's a couple of different moves in between that happen if it's ocean freight. Mm. And then it goes into a warehouse and the warehouse has to put it into the racks and they have to get the lots. They have to get it right because when they go to pick the product, because you and I want our product delivered as fast and efficiently as possible, yes. they can't just put everything anywhere. Nope. It has to be very organized so you can get to that spot and pick that product and put it in the envelope and send it out to the customer. So all of that, including the delivery to the end consumer like you and I, is included in supply chain. So wow. you've got people who... Yeah work at tech companies that are specifically targeting those parts of the supply chain. You've got people who are working for the logistics companies that move that product that are listening. You've got people who are working for a Walmart in the supply chain team that is listening. You got a variety. And then you've got yeah. end consumers that are tuning in and they're like, I don't understand why there's empty shelves. And I really right. want to find out why. Interesting. <laughs> Well, I, I think the lesson here certainly is that you, you, whether it was happenstance out of necessity, there was a big void in the marketplace for this discussion. Yeah. Like quite literally you, you, you anointed yourself, you stepped in, started a show and soon realized that there was millions of people that really had no outlet to both learn and to communicate with each other in regards to this particular subject, which they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for a lot of people who are like, they're, they're struggling, they're like, you know, what can I, you know, what difference and impact can I make in the world? And I think, you know, this is, this is a time in our, in our evolution 
where media is more accessible for people and you can really make a big dent by by creating a platform for people to share and communicate. I think that's what you're trying to do. To me, that's the lesson that's really fascinating Mm -hmm. about what you're doing. Oh, well, thank you. That makes it sound so much easier than it has been <laughs> or so much smarter. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. What are, what are, what are some of the struggles you went through? Okay. I, I mean, yeah, how did you get podca- started in this? I'm I mean, I knew we could start a podcast. Brandon and I started one for Pete's sake, like, yeah. you know, but Anybody's. like, what, what are some of the challenges that you, you faced as you kind of grew this media company? Well, let's even back up before that. I mean, I was working for a family business for 20 years. Okay. (laughs) That's just a challenge in itself. Right. I think. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I went from high school straight into the family business, started off as reception and sort of worked my way up. But I did all of my schooling by correspondence. So I got designations and diplomas while I was getting hands-on experience. And I think that really, it really makes a big difference into where I am right now. So a lot of Mm. companies, a lot of people, a lot of things that we get hired for are because they can appreciate the time that I've spent in the industry and how much I actually know and what I can contribute to the conversation. So I'm really good at, you know, facilitating conversations, engaging conversations. And one of the reasons for that is because of the knowledge that I have in the industry. But one of the biggest challenge, biggest challenge that I had, well, I still kind of have, is that I'm terrified of speaking in public. <laughs> oh, and you might come be on. like, really? really? I don't think so. Come on. But let me tell you, it was a really big thing to the point where I would not voluntarily sign up for Toastmasters. So every time I went to sign up, I like hovered over it and then I got out and like ran like my hands got really sweaty and I was like Toastmasters is not for me so (laughs) what I did was I got a talent agent and I went on auditions and I got laughed out of and yelled out of a lot of audition rooms because I'm not very good at memorizing lines (laughs) okay act acting singing auditions it was more what? acting, like acting. for commercials and things like commercials. that. Commercials. Okay. 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 Yeah. And so it also helped, you know, to get in front of the camera and things like that. And it wasn't all bad. But I mean, the reason why it didn't bother me as much was because that wasn't my end goal. I wasn't, I didn't want to be an actress. So it didn't really matter to me. I just needed the experience. And it led to some really cool experiences. I've been on live TV with Denise Richards twice. Okay. One on the home shopping channel and then another one on the morning, one of our morning shows here in Toronto, because I mean, I've got good hair and she had a hair product at that time. Nice. <laughs> so I, I don't know up, what that is. I have no idea what that's about. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. I ended up on a dog food commercial and all sorts of things. So it really, you know, I really got to experience um, some really amazing, amazing things, but and get overcome, kind of overcome my fear in a different way. And a lot of people, you know, when you think about traditional ways of overcoming a fear, sometimes you just got to think outside of the box and think about, well, what else can I do? One of the one of my bucket list items still has not come true yet. And I wonder if you guys can help me with this. I want to play a dead person on TV. So if anybody knows of anybody who is looking for somebody for that role, I'm going to raise my hand and I really need you to reach out. (laughs) Yeah, I got one for you. <laughs> yeah, Joe, you need a you need a body. Yeah. 
<laughs> a dead play a dead person okay like Please. like like true crime like uh, like yeah I, I'm, I'm thinking law and order the law and order yes. right? like yeah there somebody asked me they're like does there need to be a backstory i'm like absolutely not like when something happens you just, and you end up on the car or whatever and you're just, right like that's all i want to do that's what you want to do that's it okay mm-hmm. no it'd lines been, it'd, it'd been fun no to be pressure. like in in the walking dead if we could have cast for that. Oh. that that's something i always wanted to like oh i could be a zombie it'd be great so you're dead you're I dead just... but you're undead that's fantastic right, right. <laughs> Yeah, I think so I'd be good. pretty good at it. I mean, if the most I have to do is stop, like, hold my breath. Right. <laughs> yeah, not breathe or blink on camera. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that takes a talent. Right. Hey, we're having a really fantastic conversation with Sarah Barnes Humphrey. She is not just the host of one podcast, but the host of two. The one she had mentioned is the Let's Talk Supply Chain podcast, which she is now franchising. And she's also started and has a lot of success with the Blended podcast, which is a podcast that's meant to provide equal opportunity for for professionals in this space. And she's doing some really amazing things. So be sure to connect with Sarah. Let's talk supply chain and the blended podcast. Those are two. If you're in that industry, uh, the supply chain industry, I think you're going to, you probably already heard of her, but if you haven't, it's something you want to definitely get connected to. So we encourage you to reach out and listen to those resources. Now back to the show. You're listening to the innovative founder. Now back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brendan Boyd. Well, you strike me as somebody that's pretty resourceful, Sarah. Is that is oh, that? I've been a trying good... for years, man. Okay. <laughs> I've been trying for years, and I was recently just on BBC for the second time, BBC World or BBC News, and so I'm thinking about reaching out to them. But it's kind of creepy, right? Like, how do you go about asking somebody <laughs> if you could play a dead person on their show? I don't. <laughs> you, you got me, Sarah. I, good luck. I'm. I'm I'm at a loss. <laughs> I know. I'll figure it out. It will All happen right. one of these but, days. But we'll, I will come but, back but and tell, tell us, you to watch it. Tell us, because I want to watch. I want to <laughs> jump be around sitting with my friends in the middle of, you know, have our popcorn. And I want to be able to jump up and say, I know her. I, know <laughs> I knew her before she was dead. I knew her before she was dead. And let me tell you how fun that is. So I had a singing teacher in high school. And you remember Happy Gilmore? Yeah. Oh, yes. I love that show. So, yeah. You know, the Maybe. crazy old lady that jumps on the windshield when he takes his mom to the old folks home. <laughs> yes. That was my singing teacher. Oh, Seriously? my goodness. Yeah. So <laughs> I know what that's like, because when I watched the movie and oh, they I filmed it. it because I used to live in Vancouver, so they they filmed it in my town as well. So there was some people in the background that were from my high school as well. And so watching the movie, I'm like, I know him. I know her. Oh my <laughs> so I know exactly what that's like. That's hilarious. Wow. See, That's so I'm, random. I don't even know where to so go random. from that. I know. Maybe you jumped on the windshield. Now I got to go watch that movie again. <laughs> you got to watch movie. it again, right? Because you're like, I know that scene, but I don't yeah. remember her. Well, I'll never. Yeah, I'll never watch it the same again. Same like, again. I yeah. know the person. I know the person who had her as a singing teacher. That's fantastic. Oh <laughs> All right. So, OK, awkward shift. OK, I love baseball. Obviously, oh, you love boy. baseball. I don't even so know. Brandon, just let us talk sports. I'm going to color. I'm going to get some okay. crayons. Yeah, get some color on. Book. So is, you play catcher. Little ball. Yeah. Yeah. So I have been a catcher for 32 years. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm, I still play catcher to this day. I'm in my early 40s. 
I want to play catcher into my 60s, but you know, we'll see what happens. Now, base, um, baseball a, or softball? It's modified slow pitch. Okay. So it's not it's not the arc. I wear all the gear. They can steal the bases. I did throw out a guy on second base about a month ago. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. That I is. I could take advantage of a girl. Feeling. Right. Best feeling in the yes. world. It's just like right. Yeah. <laughs> he probably deserved it. <laughs> he totally did because totally I know did. him. I know, I know him. him and okay. He shouldn't have gone. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't test. He was this testing arm. me. He yeah. No. Done I, it. I love baseball. I've been playing or uh, softball. I I played fast yeah. pitch most of my life. I was in rep ball when I was in Vancouver. And then, but then when I came, came back here and in my early twenties, you know, I played a little bit of fast pitch, but then it just got like way too serious. And I was like, I don't need this. So I went to modified slow pitch instead. And I love it. Absolutely. So you, so you, you're competitive then? Not so much anymore. Um, I'm more competitive with myself, just to make sure that I play a good game. I don't really care if we win or lose, to be perfectly honest with you. I just love being out on the field. Mm. See, I, I, I just, I thought you were a competitor because my, my wife was a pitch, pitcher in high school. My daughter pitched on her college team for four years. So like a house full of pitchers and, you know, my wife can't compete in that way anymore because of her knees. So we golf and her favorite thing is to be put into a, a foursome. So we, we get paired up with another twosome and it's usually a couple guys. And what she loves is to humiliate them by like <laughs> driving it 200 yards and basically throwing them off their game. Like that's one of her favorite things in the world. Wow. And so you just, I love that. You just gave me that vibe, Sarah. Like you just love to intimidate other people who like, are like totally writing you off. Like just pick (laughs) up that vibe. I do. I do like that, but. Yeah, I bet you're a blast to hang around at parties. Yeah, go ahead. No, continue, Sarah. <laughs> no, no, no. They all know me in the league, so. Okay. They yeah. don't really run anymore. <laughs> yeah, my favorite one was, my, our favorite story is we had a guy, we were part of a twosome, and, you know, there's there's forward tees, and so she takes advantage of the forward tees. Nice. And, and so this this gentleman decided, okay, he teed off and then just drove forward to like go retrieve his ball and like blew right past my wife's tees and we kind of called him out on that she drives the ball gets it within like 10 feet of the hole and knocks a birdie down and then he missed his he missed a bogey putt and like he was trash for the rest of the round and so like that was just the top thing for her was that this guy's round was completely trash because he was playing with a woman and you know he, he had that disrespect so it was just a really wow. good day for us <laughs> so there's there's two things i like to burn them in the outfield like hit it over their head yeah and then i like to i like to throw them out at second that's great i love Th- that those energy. are the two things i mean I'm, competitive or not i just i, I don't want to know the score like don't tell me the score oh see i need to have score with everything Mm-mm. it's too but much I, pressure Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but but yet you have a company name. Was it Victory? How do you pronounce it? Victory Us? Oh, yeah. So the company that runs the Let's Talk Supply Chain brand is called yeah. Victorious. Victorious. Um, OK. One of the reasons why I did that is because it's Victory Us, which means winning together. And you can see by the sign behind me, collaboration is the future of business. And that's what I'm all about. So. Well, cool. Talk a little bit about that. We just recently interviewed a a really amazing woman from the UK who's doing a lot with collaboration. So this is something that's really kind of like bubbling up, at least it's in the ethos. So talk about talk about what that means to you and some of the things that you're doing there. 
Yeah. I mean, really, it just means that there's enough to go around for everybody. Like we don't, we don't have to be, you know, so competitive that, you know, I, I think that things are changing. I think people are looking at things a little bit differently. I think the next generation that's coming up is looking for less combative and less mm. and more collaboration. And I think that's where we should go with the human race, to be perfectly honest. And maybe I sound a little bit like woo woo, but no. I, I, I think that that's, I think that's, a, that's where we find peace. That's where we find joy, you know, is by working together and working with, with other people. And you saw throughout the pandemic, right? I mean, everybody being at home by themselves or, you know, the mental health aspect and not being yeah. out and being around people. I think we're as a society realizing how important that was. And I came up with this name, man, I came up with it. I think like nine years ago or something like that. And it really just, I felt encompassed everything that I sort of live for. Mm, love that. <laughs> Do, do this for us. Would you tell us some stories? So you were in the family business. I have a question mm -hmm. about kind of your transition. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the transition and forgive, forgive me. I missed it. What was the family business you were a part of for so long? So it was a logistics company. It so was logistics. Moved, okay. We moved so the product. Yeah. What was it for you? Was it kind of like, I, I know I, I've just had so much in-depth experience about around this. I understand this. So it's a natural this is a natural space for me to be in, or was there something kind of a validating moment or company you work with or situation you worked with that said, Oh, you know what? This is, I'm really good at this. This is something I need to stay in. I need to lean into this because you're <laughs> such an enthusiastic person about what you do. And I'm, I'm really want to get excited about supply chain, but again, my brain says put stuff in box, put on boat, go over. So I'm, I'm just, I'm drawing from your enthusiasm, but what was, give me some of the stories around your early excitement and realizing, Hey, this is an important place. I have to be. And, 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 and I need to stay here. Yeah. So it didn't really happen like that. But what I can tell you is that, you know, I've been listening and listening to stories and, and stuff about logistics and supply chain since before I can remember, like at the dinner table, right? Because with a family business, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's all you talk about at the dinner table. And so yeah. I kind of joke that it's in my blood. Like I really yeah. didn't have any choice. <laughs> okay. At one point I wanted to be a detective like my grandfather. So my oh. grandfather was in the Scotland Yard. He was a I don't know, famous detective. He was in a book once, but like he was a detective and I really wanted to follow in his footsteps, but then I realized how bad I am around blood. And so <laughs> oh. to be a police officer and then get detected, like I really didn't understand how I was going to get from here to there <laughs> without <laughs> having to deal with blood. Like that was just not in the cards. So while I was trying to sort of figure out what it was that I wanted to do, I went to work for the family business because at the end of the day, I didn't want to waste time. I wanted to learn. I wanted to mm -hmm. learn things. I wanted to have hands-on experience. But the whole time I was working there, I had side hustles. And so I would work for free for a variety of different people doing a variety of different things because I really needed to figure out what it was that I wanted to do. And so it gave me a plethora of experience in, in different ways that I can now say has sort of like taken me on a journey to where I am right now, if that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. It didn't make sense at the time. And one of my favorite quotes is life has lived forward and understood backwards. And I can mm -hmm. totally see that because mm -hmm. there were so many things that set me up for this. I 
I just think from the get-go, I was sort of passionate about supply chain. I It really came out and resonated more once I started the podcast, to be perfectly honest. Because when your parents own a company, right, there's only so far you can go depending on, you know, what the circumstances yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I was in sales, you know, that's also where my passion came out too, because I was able to talk about it and get clients and really bring clients on board and massage that experience for them as well. Not really understanding customer experience at the time, but like doing customer experience without even realizing it. And then for us, when I was director of sales and marketing, it was kind of like, we need to tell our brand story, but how are we going to do that? and not having a background in marketing. Like I've never taken any courses in marketing. All, everything mm. that I've done is self-taught. Um, mm. I started doing some research and sort of figuring it out. And like I said, <laughs> I was like, well, hey, let's try a podcast. And let me tell you, I think you can still find it on YouTube. Our first episode was a disaster. <laughs> disaster. And I literally went onto Amazon and bought the podcast set. Like there was a bow ringer like podcast set that came with like a mixer. And there you go. And, like that's that's how it happened. And we were like, okay, we're gonna do this. And we just did it. And I think the key is to just keep doing it, right? Yeah. Is the key to all of this is consistency. Showing up, people can trust you. They can trust that they're gonna see you at a certain time, a certain day, that kind of thing. And I learned a lot within that first sort of 18 months that we did it under the, the company brand. And then when they closed their doors and I was out on my butt, I mean, literally, I hadn't been on an interview ever in my yeah. whole entire life mm. because I really didn't need to. I mean, when I was in high school, I was a prep cook and a dishwasher in a restaurant. I think I may have had an interview for that. And that was when I was like 17, but we're talking 37, right? Literally 20 years of yeah. no interviews. Yeah. And nobody would hire me. Nobody would hire me. And so after 20 years, I'm out on my butt, like nowhere to go. I've got companies that are scheduled to come on the show because they paid me to be on the show. The first episode out the gate was awful, but it's also one of my most listened to episodes. I don't know what it is with bad audio, but people love it. Just say, really? okay. Yeah. Yeah. Really? It's, it's crazy. Yeah. 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 And then really it's just all about learning different things. And to be honest with you, it took me eight months to find a part-time job. Hmm. And I ended up with a part-time job for about three years just while I was building it, because obviously, you know, there's no money coming in for me. There's money for the business and to be able to keep it going and things like that. And so I was a receptionist at a tennis club and, you know, it allowed me to do the work that I needed to do on my business while also working for them. And so it was the perfect, perfect, perfect fit. But to be honest with you, like this is, these are not things that I was like, Hey, I'm good at this. Let's go yeah. and do it. It just sort of evolved and I realized that I am a good conversationalist. I can create safe spaces for people where they feel comfortable in having that conversation, sharing their, their experiences. And so it's really just honestly been a journey of learning about myself and what the, uh, what's possible. What, what kept you going, Sarah? Did you have people in your life that encouraged you or was it just you're, you just said, I, I know I need to do this? How, how did you keep pushing forward? 
I'm pretty self-motivated, to be honest with you. That's one thing that I've always had. I could come from having two entrepreneurial parents, right? And watching them and their work ethic, because I'm pretty diligent when it comes to time management and what needs to get done. And I really just like pull on my boots and get whatever's needs to be done, done. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm. It doesn't matter whether I'm, you know, CEO or I'm a receptionist. If the floors need to be mopped, I'm going to mop the floors. Okay. Uh, and that's just the way that I've kind of seen it. And I had this, I don't know, I, I just had this thing where I was like, well, something's going to work. Because at the same time, I also had a tech company. I was building up a tech company at the same time that I was building up Let's Talk Supply Chain. And they always say, right, like one out of 10 things work for an entrepreneur. Yeah. And yeah. so I was like, well, if I have a lot of different things going on, okay. something's going to work and I got to figure it out. And that's what I did. Love it. Love I mean, it. that's I mean, that mirrors so many entrepreneurs that yeah. we know personally know. And of yeah. course, come across in our conversations is, is there's just this like inward drive, like mm -hmm. most most people don't have that positive voice. It's it's the other side going, Sarah, you really should get a job, you know, like you should be, be oh, providing, you know, <laughs> like you get you get that voice, right? It's like, why don't you why don't you go do what everybody else does? But there's there's something different about entrepreneurs where it's like, mm, no, no, I, I don't feel that's right. And mm. that's that's just a common trait that we see in a lot of successful entrepreneurs is that dogged desire to like, no, I think I'm supposed to do this. Yeah. And entrepreneurship is not for everybody. I've had co I had I've had co-founders in a variety of different ways come and go just because they needed to go and get their job for what they needed to do. And they didn't realize like once you get over the the idea and the launch and you really get into the business side of it, that's where you find out whether you are made for it or you're not. Yeah. And when crap hits the fan, I hope I'm allowed to say that. I didn't you're say allowed that to say it. shit if you want. OK, so <laughs> if shit, shit hits the fan, that's also when you really know, because at yeah. the end of the day, it's up to you, right? Like if there's not enough money in there to pay me and my staff, guess who's getting paid? My staff. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. me, but you have to have a co-founder that thinks the same way that you do. Yeah. Right. Because those are just the things and the sacrifices that you have to make. I think. Entrepreneurship is, ship is so. Entrepreneurship. Um, shit. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. What was a Dilbert cartoon? Don't step in the leader shit. That was a great one. But entrepreneurship is is so romanticized. And oh, and know. you know what I'm saying? And it, what, what I enjoy about what you, this, the segment you just said was mm -hmm. is how you didn't let your your role, your job, how you were creating income for yourself. It didn't become an identity for you. You know, you went from, you know, the, this segment of the family business and in logistics to entrepreneur or I'm sorry, at a receptionist to at a country club to trying to, you know, launch a podcast and and, and going through partners and, and figuring that out. So in nowhere do I get this idea that you were down on yourself. Like, like oh, this is just what you do. And that's oh, a days. lot of what entrepreneurship <laughs> is, is like, yeah, you just kind of go with it and, and, oh, you got a wave coming. Yeah. You should steer your surfboard this way a little bit more or steer the canoe that way. It's, it's so non-linear, you know, I mean, yeah. you crave that linear, right? We, we, yeah. there's this, there's times like, oh God, the steady paycheck, it would be so much easier. Right. But, but yeah, there's sometimes there's that longing for the, for the, just the linear, the simple, the easy and, 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 yeah. or even, I would say not even easy, predictable. 
something a little more predictable would right. be would be nice, you know, universe. Well, the one thing that I will say to that is that there were definitely days like there mm. were days that I did not get out of bed Oof. because it was just like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, do people like, is this even a thing? Yeah. And the other part of it was like, <laughs> am I really going to make money out of this? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> and I was in the I was in my late 30s. Yeah. Like, this is not something that I'm doing in my 20s or even early 30s. Like, yeah. this is like. And yeah. I had a lot of people like, what are you doing? And what are you doing? Still, they still don't understand what I do. And I'm just like, that's okay. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but there's still days, you know, there's, there's days where you doubt yourself. There's days where you get into your head. And I, I want to make a point of talking about that because like my mental health throughout this whole thing, it's, it's been a struggle. Like it's mm. not something that's easy. And yes, you have to steer different ways. And yes, you have to make different decisions. I've had so many hard quest hard conversations that I've had to have that, you know, you start questioning yourself, you know, you run into narcissists and they got mm. you doubting all over the place, right? <laughs> you know, the love bombing and then Oh my God, you're a horrible person, you know, and you have to navigate through people's personalities and, and all sorts of different things. And I want, I want your audience to know that, like, if you're going through that, it's okay. You're not alone and you will come out the other side and you might need a day or two and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Hey everybody, Brandon here. I hope you're enjoying this quite interesting conversation, surprisingly interesting conversation around supply chain. You know, one of the things that Sarah brings up here is the idea around a story around your brand. And that is exactly why Feed Stories exists, is we're here to pull out the story behind what you sell, product or service, and specifically how people feel about the, your company and what you offer uh, when your name comes up. So we're, we're very good at what we do. We really enjoy what we do. And if there's an interest, if you think that there's, this is the right time for your company to consider amplifying their story in the marketplace right now, I want you to reach out to us on feedstories.com and book a call with Bob and I. And let's have a conversation to see how video and amplifying your story can be put to good use. Now back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brandon Boyd. I, I think we can all relate. In fact, everybody just probably took a pause like we, we did to go. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I know the feeling. Yeah. I've been there. Maybe they're even going through it right now. This is this is great conversation, Sarah, it, it, whether it's the supply chain industry or what's next for you. We'd love for you to maybe kind of look into your crystal ball a little bit and like, what's next? What do you see? What's okay. the next evolution for what you're going to be doing? Well, so I just sold my tech brand. So that's congrats. Kind of gone. Thank you nice. very much. I'm very happy with that because that was a struggle. Let me tell you, a woman trying to get funding for supply chain tech. Oh boy, that okay. is hard. <laughs> and that also, one thing that I will say about that too, is that also made me realize how much I really needed to be Let's Talk Supply Chain and not ships the technology brand because I was really, really good. Like it made me realize what I was good at. And so that's just an aside note. But I think the future, I mean, really we want to franchise, like I said, right? We're looking at Africa this year. We want Europe and South America. Plus there's a whole bunch of other regions that we could look at as well. Not going to lie. So world, world domination one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Pretty much. Okay. We okay. really want to help through our nonprofit, The Blended Pledge. 
we really want to make an impact on industry stages so that we see more diversity. People okay. at industry conferences, not just supply chain, but conferences in general, they want to resonate with the people who are up on stage now. It's mm. not about having C-suite, VP, you know, it doesn't have to be the high level and the experts up on the stage anymore. They want to hear what's happening with people that are in their own role. Or, and I also think that we want to see a variety of different people up there. So visually, we can resonate with them. So the blended pledge is something that I am really hoping is going to make a visual impact on industry stages. And, you know, that's something, you know, in the future that I want the blended pledge to have made an impact for. And as part of that mission, Sarah, to actively work with companies to be strategic and hiring and training, what, what are some of the things that you're doing? Well, maybe down the road. For right now, we are focusing on industry conferences and getting diverse voices the money they need to get on those stages. Okay. So a lot of time, diverse voices will say no to a speaking engagement because they have to pay for their own travel. Oh, so the okay. conferences don't have enough money to pay for everybody to get there, right? Otherwise, they wouldn't right. have a conference. The companies that they work for will send a certain person or people, maybe their sales department or whatever. And if they're not in those departments, they don't get covered either. If they're not working for a big enough company, or maybe they own their own company and just don't have the, the resources available to do that. So in most circumstances, they have to say no. But if we can give away a grant to at least alleviate the travel expenses, more of them can say yes. And now we can see them on industry stages as well. So that's what we're doing and focusing oh, on for right now. Really cool. Love that. Love it. Amazing. Love this. Yeah. So um, world domination and yes. more diversity on stages. <laughs> Beautiful. So Bob, Brian, I want you time to... for the for the last question that I know it is, is going to it is want to so be respectful of your time. I, I know I'm that not you're prepared. not going to struggle with this at all. But we like to do this segment called a 60 second rant or soapbox. This can be about anything from supply chain to pitching <laughs> to uh, catching. This can be anything. You just pick it, and we just where we get to know you a little bit more about you and 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 what gets under your craw, if you will. So it could be a positive ready, rant Tara, too. What's that? Oh, it, it can be, be positive, positive too. You can, yes, yeah. it doesn't have to be, you know. Yeah. So whenever you're ready, Sarah, we want to know, we want to hear your rant. Okay. Well, I'm going to stick to the diversity and inclusion angle because I also have a second podcast called Blended. And it's where five different people get together from different walks of life to talk about diversity and inclusion topics. Now, I want to see more companies and organizations get behind diversity and inclusion, either with a resource like that. Like, Listen to people, create safe spaces so that they can come to you and talk to you about what is happening in their world and why it matters to them. Give them resources like the Blended Podcast to listen and learn from other people. And probably leadership needs to listen to it as well because it's such an important topic and we can't do anything about anything unless we know about it. The other thing is, is if you're going to create a safe space, don't be biased and ask for people's names. It's got to be anonymous because Ooh. they're thinking about when they give you feedback, if you're, if they have to tell you what their identity, then they're thinking about the repercussions down the road. 
Yeah. They don't have to give you your, their identity. They will tell you and be honest with you. And that's where the real impact is being made. Mm. Was that 60 seconds? <laughs> that was amazing. It's really, Beautiful. it's really good. And I, I think what inspires me about that, Sarah, is you took something that you have experience in podcasting media. It, it was real simple for you to be able to say, how can I solve this problem with what I have? And I think again, it just you just seem like a resourceful person. It was just kind of like, oh, well, I can create a podcast around this. I, I I love that idea of being able to like, how can you make a positive impact or inspire change? Look to what you can do. Look what look look at the resources you have, look what you have at your disposal, your experiences, and you can get something done. So that's really inspiring. And thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. I appreciate that. So Brandon, are you more understanding and do you know what supply chain is now? Yeah. Do you realize yeah, they make better? stuff, put it in a box, put it on boats, <laughs> bring it to my store and I'll oh, buy man. it. That, I did I, not I, do my job today. No, I think you need uh, your homework, Brandon, is to listen to Let's Talk yeah. Supply Chain podcast. Stuff on boats. Yeah. yeah, that's what you do. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sarah, Sorry, Sarah, I'm totally playing with you, but I'm this deflated. is fun. Yeah, I'm deflated. I just Sarah, where's my peanut butter? It didn't come in. I need my oh, peanut butter, Sarah. The peanut butter. You're not Isn't the there some guy in the guy. back just kind of grinding up my peanut butter every time I walk into the store? That's not happening. <laughs> nope. All right, just checking. Oh, and I'm not on that we're gonna have to we're gonna have to shut this down. Shut so. it down. Sarah, we would love for you to just share some resources with the audience. Where where can they hear your podcast, website, share some of those resources if you want to mind. Thank you. So Apple and Spotify both have the blended podcast. That one has all the colored circles, just so everybody knows there's a couple. Okay. And you can find the Let's Talk Supply Chain podcast also on letstalksupplychain.com. We have our Woman in Supply Chain series. We have the Let's Talk Supply Chain series. We also have the Blended series as well. And then we've also got all of our live shows over on our website, but also on the Let's Talk Supply Chain YouTube page as well. And if you go to GoFundMe and look up the Blended Pledge, you can donate and make an impact so that we can see more diverse voices on industry stages. Excellent. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your day. This was entertaining. It was fascinating to hear about your experiences and your energy and your resourcefulness. I know as I know our listeners are gonna absolutely enjoy it. So thank you well, again. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I I really had fun with you guys. So I, I really appreciate it. Good, cool. good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Innovative Founder with Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd, a show featuring the real stories of entrepreneurs making their beautiful dent in the world. If you like the show, let us know by leaving a rating. If you're an innovative business founder yourself with a story to tell, then you might just be our next guest. Reach out to us on InnovativeFounder.com and tell us your story. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on The Innovative Founder.